What is going on? This is your man, L. Jamal, coming through with another edition of Never Out of Bounds. This is the place where you can say what you want as long as you've got them facts. Today, we have quite a bit to talk about, so let's just go ahead and get into it with the world on the street. And, um, well, we're going to talk a little bit about the economy. And, of course, you hear all the time about, especially in this presidency, just about how good the economy is just how important that is to this presidency and just how it, how it is a shining achievement in an otherwise crazy, you know, tenure we've had so far. And that should be enough in most people's eyes to want to reelect Mr. Trump. But let's talk about the broke American farm. Data from U.S. courts are showing that vacancy rates on American farms rose 20% last year. There were 595 Chapter 12 bankruptcies from family-owned farms. In Wisconsin, there were 57 farms that filed for bankruptcy, uh, one of the highest numbers in the nation. This was the most in that state in over 10 years. There was also a 49% decrease in the number of dairy farms over 15 years, and between two, uh, 2016 and 2018, the state would lose 1200 dairy farms when you think about uh, when you think of when you think of the capital requirements to run an operation small and medium-sized dairy operations find themselves with very large amounts of debt several years of low commodity prices and the large amounts of debts are, are really contributing to the rise of chapter 12 vacancies we see in key producing regions this is coming from uh this is coming from chief economist uh for the american farm bureau john newton so again you have low prices low demand for milk and then again if we're talking about the farms in general remember we have the increased tariffs on certain products being imported from china or exported to china so the chinese are no longer willing to buy certain you know certain products from us one of them being soybeans. We were one of the top soybean exporters in the world until this whole tariff fiasco. Now China, China, a country that can produce its own soybeans, has said, well, we don't really need you, and have cut us off. That's why it was important as part of the trade deal, and we've talked about it before, was to get the Chinese to buy more American farm-made goods, more notably dairy and soybeans. This was the whole point. And now with the whole coronavirus scare, uh, this the deal, as we, as we speak of it, could be possibly in jeopardy. Alabama would have the second most bankruptcies with 41. Uh, California and the other major, the, the big three major states uh, had between about 25 and 22, that being uh, California, Texas, and New York. Uh, California would have 25. Uh, again, I believe New York would have 20. I believe Texas would have 22. So these are mostly dairy farms, but again, farms in general is the key component here. But uh, the dairy industry, because of the, uh, the well, the decrease the decrease uh, in price for dairy but then again i think part of that is also because you have you know so many alternatives to actual dairy so i mean at some point maybe you convert to you know almond milk and you start processing that instead of dairy i think you know there's ways to, to work around this but again there's again the tariffs 
and, the, and already the knockoff and the dairy prices, but more so the tariffs recently. Because again, even if you look at Wisconsin, uh, there was a 49 decrease. There was a 49 percent decrease in the number of dairy farms over the past 15 years. But specifically between 2016 and 2018, which is, you know, Trump period, they will lose, you know, 1,200 farms. So, you know, that's a significant increase by percentage as well, if we were to look at that. So, um, I'm not, again, I'm not sold on this economy talk. I'm not sold that he's really turned everything around. I think for the rich, you know, corporate stockholders and the rich owners of the companies, yeah, I can see it, sure. Uh, if you look at the stock market, fine. But the average American, uh, they're still bringing home low wages. Uh, again, I keep mentioning, I mean, because again, I went through 20 cities. If you want to look at my other episodes, I went through the worst uh, top 10 Republican-ran cities. You can look that up. Uh, we also went we all, we went through the median, you know, income per capita. We also went through the median household income. Again, they're not significantly high. Matter of fact, some states are low, are, are drastically lower than others. Poverty rates are still relatively high, 20% in certain cities, uh, red or blue. Uh, so again, I'm not too sure where the the economics have trickled down because I think that's all what it is. I, I think it's the same. It's just 20, 20, 2020 and, you know, 21st century Reaganomics trickle down. You know, the corporations are booming. So this is going to have some type of effect. And, and to be honest with you, I, I have not seen it uh, personally. And I and again, when you hear stories like this with, you know, more American farms, uh, you know, particularly in a certain area, but again, as a whole, closing down and filing for bankruptcy, you have an issue here. You can say what you want. That is, a, that is a, that is a real issue here. That's American business. That's American produce. That's American product. That's more revenue that we're potentially losing. So again, they're saying they're they're putting America first. Well, why are we? Why are American farms closing? Why are American workers still not getting paid adequate wages? And listen, and let's be honest here: uh, the construction rate, the construction uh, hiring process, that's gone down as well. Manufacturing has taken a hit for a long minute. Uh, it's just now re- rising. So again, we have we have issues here uh, on a class level. So I'm not I'm not really buying uh, a lot. I'm still not buying and convinced about what Trump is doing. Sorry won't do it uh so i'm gonna take another break and when we get back we're gonna talk some college basketball actually first and foremost let's get to the let's get to the super bowl we got some nfl news to talk about as well and then i'll wrap everything up with some college basketball all right y'all I'll be right back for a little bit of course the Chiefs were able to come away with the Super Bowl on Sunday 30 to 20 31 to 20 over the Niners uh let's break down the stats just for a little bit uh for the Niners they were led of course by Jimmy G he would go 20 at 31 for 219 yards he threw for threw one touchdown but he also had two picks uh we also had a uh, running back Raheem Monster with 58 uh rushing yards and also a touchdown uh, we got wide receiver Kendrick Bourne who had two catches and 42 yards the leading receiver 
but fullback Kyle Juszczyk was able to get three catches on 39 yards and also the TD. On defense, the Niners uh, were led by Jimmy Ward, who had 10 total tackles. He got seven total tackles and an interception from linebacker Fred Warner. Safety Jaquiski Tart would have five total tackles in a sack. Uh, defensive end DeForest Buckner would have five total tackles and a half a sack. And also the rookie Nick Bosa would have six total tackles, a sack, uh, six total tackles in a sack. Uh, moving on to the Chiefs, of course, Patty Mahomes uh, would have a, well, I mean, he had a pretty decent game, pretty good game, uh, 26 of 42 for 286 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions, so that was 50-50 uh, there, but again, uh, he literally lead the comeback, which is all that mattered, uh, he, also had a, he also had a rushing touchdown as well, uh, that was good enough to make him uh, the Super Bowl MVP, so good look on him, running back Damian Williams would lead all rushers uh, with 104 yards on the ground, he also had a touchdown and also a receiving touchdown to add to that as well. Wide receiver Tyreek Hill was the leading receiver, uh, the leading receiver for both for both teams. Uh, he had nine catches, 105 yards, and tight end Travis Kelsey would have six catches and 43 yards, along with a touchdown. On defense, uh, Kansas City was led by safety Rashad Breland, seven total tackles and an interception. Safety Daniel Sorensen would have six total tackles. Uh, defensive back Kendall Fuller would have three total tackles and an interception. And defensive end Frank Clark would get in the mix as well with a sack. Uh, some takeaways from the game, uh, the Niners look, well, I mean, you can't count a team like Kansas City like that out. Like it was, even when the Niners were up, I didn't think the game was over. I mean, Kansas City has pretty much shown you all throughout, especially even in the playoffs, more importantly, that they can come from behind and beat you. So um, and no lead is safe, especially a, a lead like that. If they were able to come back from like 24 against the Texans, uh, 20 to 10 lead is not, you know, it's obviously manageable for them, you know. So a 10-point lead or whatever have you uh, was manageable for them. Uh, Patrick Mahomes showed a lot of poise in the pocket, something that Jimmy G didn't really show. Uh, those were the things right there. Were there some controversial calls? Yeah, but again, two interceptions. The refs don't. The refs don't make you throw two interceptions. Uh, the refs don't hold you to 58 yards on the ground. Those are just, those are the things that the refs don't do. Uh, again, the leading receiver in terms of yardage was Kendrick Bourne, but he only caught two passes. You know, again, the refs don't do that to you. You know, um, that that was defense. Uh, I thought both defenses played well to an extent of course the Niners gave up a lot of gave up more points uh but again they, I mean again Jimmy Ward had 10 tackle he was definitely in the mix of course Fred Warner uh you know their star linebacker made his presence he had an interception as well and they definitely forced a couple of sacks I believe probably three to four uh as a as a team uh again Kansas City was able to get to the quarterback as well they had they had one sack as well that I was able to uh to tally here uh, Daniel Sorensen, of course, their secondary, uh, you know, there was a lot of pressure. I feel like Jimmy Jimmy G did throw the ball. I, I, I felt enough to try to win. But again, uh, the defensive backs here, in this case, Kendall Fuller, and of course, the secondary uh, with the safeties, Breeland and Sorensen, they did they did their jobs and they and they, hood, and they, and they stood up a lot of, I think a lot of flack was going to be probably hurled, hurled their way. Um, just with the way that Jimmy G went into this one, I believe he went in there, you know, kind of 
wanting to go guns and blazing, not necessarily matching uh, Pat Mahomes, but again, just trying to give a given a different element to the Niners. So I feel like they had a, they wanted to get a passing game going, but it just wasn't there. And for and you know, for what it's worth, the Chiefs defense. You know, as as maligned as as it's been, I know I've talked you know talked trash about them at some point this season. Not necessarily talk trash, but say you know they're in the bottom of the league. They're not. They're this. They're that. Uh, but again, they showed up. They've been pretty much showing up when it counts uh, throughout the playoffs. Uh, you know, especially in the Houston game. That game could have gotten ugly, uh, but they were able to right the ship and allow their offense to you know work their way back into a lead. Uh, same thing here. Like when it really counts, they made some really good plays. Remember the fourth and ten again. You know, there might have been a situation with in which the, the refs missed the call, but you can't give up a sack on on a fourth and ten. You can't do that. You have to make a play down the field. The great ones do that. I'm not saying Jimmy Green, Jimmy 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 G isn't great. Uh, well, he isn't great, but he's gonna get there at some point, hopefully. Uh, but again, the great ones make a play. Uh, you know, you know, you can't. You know, the offense, or maybe you know, in that situation, the offensive line, you know. They can't give up a play like that, you know. Maybe you, you know you put it on them, but uh, again, that fourth and ten play was pretty much uh, how that game, you know, was looking to looking to, you know, go anyways, regardless of whatever referees did anything. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't really uh, buy into that. I mean, I, I think the, I think the couple calls, yeah, they were close, uh, but again. If if those call, if you really truly felt that way, you have to go out there and execute on your end and in some possible way, you know, offensively or defensively, force a turnover yourself, uh, score again yourself. You can't give a sack. You can't give up a sack on fourth and ten when you had a chance and then say, well, the refs took it from us. I don't. I don't buy that. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna listen to that. Um, Y'all took the L. Uh, the refs didn't cheat you. Take the loss and 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 move on. And I think this is a lot of the reason why. I'm be honest with you. This is a lot of the reason why. A lot of NFL fans, especially Raider fans, always roast the Niners when they lose because they can't they can't take a loss. They don't want to admit it. They want to talk about how the refs took it. And no, y'all didn't beat yourself. No, y'all lost. The better team beat you. Just admit it, and we can move on to next year. Uh, I, I, again, the, ref, the 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 one call that you guys might be talking about, the one or two calls that you might be questioning. Okay, fine. Even if you want to go that way. Uh, you still gave up a sack on four and ten, and right after that, you gave up a rushing touchdown. So, uh, what can you possibly? What can you else can you possibly? What is your excuse after that? You don't have one. So, uh, we're gonna move on. Good luck next year, guys. We have a couple uh, other new, new stories to talk about here for the NFL. For one, Lamar Jackson uh, is the MVP this year. Uh, he threw for three thousand one hundred twenty-seven yards. Of course, uh, broke Michael Vick's rushing record for most rushing yards as a quarterback. I believe it was uh, definitely over a thousand, almost like fifteen hundred yards. Uh, he had a sixty-six point one completion percentage, uh, thirty-six touchdowns, three interceptions. On his career, uh, he's looking at a, a 63.7% completion percentage. Uh, he has, already has 4,328 yards, 42 touchdowns, and just nine interceptions. He has a 104 passer rating. Uh, he also has 12 rushing touchdowns to go with that. Uh, however, uh, his biggest uh, hiccup has been the postseason. Uh, he does not have a winning record. Um, I don't believe, um, I think his record is... Uh, 
two and I don't know, maybe it's 500. I think maybe he's 500. Uh, 559 passing yards for him though. Uh, just 51% uh, completion percentage, three touchdowns, three interceptions, but a pass rating of 68.3. So he he's definitely struggles. Uh, I think with experience, I think as things change with that team, they upgrade certain positions. Uh, particularly, I would say I think the Titans are okay. Um, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't, you know, be surprised if they wanted to upgrade that. Uh, maybe try to get, you know, Clive Waller again. I don't know. Somebody who's a free agent at some point. I think they could upgrade the tight end position. They could also upgrade the receiver position uh, to an extent as well. Probably get a true, maybe a true slot to go in there. Or maybe a solid number two, a, number, a solid number two to go on the opposite side of Marquise Brown. Because I definitely believe he's your number one. He's your focal point in terms of the vertical offense. So uh, there's some there's some upgrades that could be that could possibly be made here. They can also probably upgrade that uh, that uh, that uh, pass rush as well. So there's some changes that could be made here. And I think with overall team success and better team cohesion, I think Lamar Jackson will get better as well because his his whole goal is to get better. So I'm gonna I'm gonna definitely hold uh, him uh, to some accountability, but he's already shown that he wants to become better. He's he's done that. He's he's working on his craft just like you know anybody who's who cares about their own craft, not you know what people have, what they have envisioned for them, but what they have envisioned for themselves. And I think uh, Lamar Jackson is the poster child for that. You know, he wants to be the quarterback, um, and that's what he's going to focus on. I mean, the 12, the 12 rushing touchdowns and the amazing uh, rushing attack you saw last year that he was a part of, I think that's definitely going to be something that they're going to keep in their back pocket. But I think Lamar Jackson is looking to really mature as the quarterback and I think those poor season numbers are gonna show uh make up for it next year. I think he he probably has a better push next year. Maybe even an AFC championship. Uh, I'm thinking maybe at least a Super Bowl birth, a Super Bowl appearance next year for Lamar uh for Lamar Jackson. Uh Greg Olson, we're gonna move on a little bit. Uh, we got Greg Olson. He's gonna be he's no longer gonna be a Panther. Uh, he's been released uh by the Panthers yesterday. He was released by the Panthers yesterday, uh, which makes him a, a free agent. Uh now free agency begins March the 16th, but I believe since he was released, he can just sign as he chooses. Uh the 34-year-old tight end uh had one more year left, one more year left on his deal. Uh, that was worth eleven point six million. Of course, uh, you know, the Panthers are gonna move on and get younger and you know just increase some salary cap uh looking looking probably you know maybe for somewhat of a bigger free agent signing at some point but i, I definitely think clearing uh the slate for somebody new at that maybe not necessarily at that position just yet because they already have three tight ends they could work with uh but definitely just on a, along the roster anyways clearing up some cap room because again at 34 years old i can imagine the Panthers not really want to pay, you know, anybody 11.6 million at 34 years old unless they're balling out. And uh, in Olsen's, you know, case, he hasn't really been doing that. He's been in and out with injury. And at this point, um, you know, he might be looking to move on from football as well because in his spare time, he's also a pregame analyst for Fox, Fox Sports. So he's already in the booth. He's already doing that. However, uh, he will be visiting Buffalo and Washington, D.C. this week. Uh, he will be meeting up with his former coach, of course, uh, when he goes visit, visits the Redskins and Ron Rivera. I believe he'll be meeting up with a former GM of the Panthers when he goes to Buffalo as well. So two, two, two people that are familiar with him. It's also been reported that uh, Russell Wilson is 
is interested in recruiting uh, Greg Olson as well to the Seahawks, which would be okay. Um, he's a little bit on the older side, but again, you need all hands on deck, especially uh, when you're talking about that passing game, uh, just to balance that type, that offense out. Yeah, you would definitely, I mean, you can get what you can get. Uh, uh, in his uh, Carolina career, uh, he had 524 catches for 6,643 yards. He also had 39 touchdowns. Uh, and again, like I said, NFL free agency begins March the 16th. Uh, at some point uh, before then, I will have a list of who's who and where they where they might be going. So uh, we're going to move on. Uh, we have a couple little topics that I wanted to touch on. So it's a little brief tidbits here. Uh, for one, Jay-Z was at the Super Bowl and uh, he decided to sit during the National Anthem and it caused a stir. And I'm just going to be honest with you. I don't care. Um... You know, I'm not interested in what he decided to do. We already, you know, have our feelings. Some of us have our feelings about him. Um, reportedly, the NFL has given him $100 million to quote-unquote, you know, for police reform or social justice reform. Uh, again, these are all silly con- concepts. Uh, when we when we start saying that somebody gave you $100 million to go pursue this, I, I just think... Well, first of all, what is he going to be able to do when it's an institutionalized situation? I I don't get that. That I don't get. Uh, a rapper can't do that unless he's an elected official in some way or he's getting us to support that elected official that can do that. Because, again, these are legislative issues. Uh, a song by Jay-Z is not going to change those things. Um, just like letting Kyle Kaepernick take the knee before the football game was not going to do that. Um, apparently, people want to talk about it and people want to, you know, well, let's, let's, let's tell everybody we have this issue, but they really don't want to solve it. They don't really have no issue, no, no solution. So I'm, I'm done with all that. Like, I don't I don't care about either one of that. And of course, you know, you know, Colin Kaepernick and his girlfriend fired off shots. That's boo boo. I don't care about what them boule Negroes are doing. I really don't. Um, because if they were really about that action, they'd be holding our elected officials from our community, meaning black ones, uh, accountable for this type of legislation. Because this is the only way those type of things, honestly, are going to change. Um, you're going to, again, that's, again, or, or, you know, if we want to own, you know, Fortune 500 companies and really try to do something in that realm, we could do that too. We could hire our own fire. I don't know how we want to do it, but again, um, both sides, both of those individuals, you can obviously see are leeching off of already well-established organizations in order to quote unquote push a certain, you know, way, certain platform. And I don't, and I don't buy it as genuine, either one of them, I'm sorry. Uh, neither one of them are genuine to me. So I don't care about the drama. Um, I, I think it's super dull. It's the super, they talk, They try to make it the Super Bowl drama. No, it's the super dull drama because it's not really important. Both of them are uh, profiting off what we claim is our issue. And uh, again, none of them have come up with a real solution other than to get paid more money and, you know, to make commercials and, them, you know, find business ventures in order to somehow and, and to promote it. You're going to tell us you're promoting it while you're conducting million, multi-million dollar business ventures and you're settling out of court to, to be quiet about the situation. So, I mean, I could go in and, and on and on and on, but I'm not. I'm not. We're just going to leave the, we're going to leave the bougie boule alone for right now. And finally, uh, before I wrap everything up on the NFL level, 
leave my leave OJ alone. I was gonna say leave my partner OJ alone, but I need to I need to you know you know see him more, see what his whole his whole mindset is about. Because to me, what I'm seeing is I think I see a man that has done his time. He didn't he did first of all he didn't murder Nicole, whatever her name is back in that whatever year ninety four. He didn't murder her first of all and foremost. We already know that Johnny Cochran proved that y'all can y'all can go to y'all gray being mad black white don't matter I don't care he ain't murdered them people and they set him up in 08 for that old Vegas shit so I you know I you know he just need to stay out of stay out of the way and I think him being on social media and, and, and branching out talking about fantasy football and talking about football in general he had a little Patty Mahomes wig on like Jason Whitlock I'm all for it let that man be he served his time for that 08 shit again that he should have set up for he's cool just like michael vick lead him alone y'all don't get to tell somebody how to get to live their life and be all constantly judging him yeah he was at the super bowl so what get off of his jump dude no one cares anymore he didn't first of all he didn't again i'm gonna keep saying it and we could argue all day he was he was not guilty he was found not guilty by a jury of his peers so first of all he ain't even a murderer so if i were you i'd let that go I'd let that go because if you want to keep it, and I'm I'm gonna be this petty with people, y'all want to keep pushing that OJ is a murder. I'm gonna keep pushing that Trump is a swindler. Let's keep let's go, and I can we can talk all day about what people's is really doing. We can talk about how Jay Z is a swindler, Kanye he's a swindler. We want to go there. We can go we can go there about who y'all like. We can do that bar for bar. Let's not do that. Leave OJ alone. Let him live his best life like little Duval. Why he can't live? Why he can't be happy? I'm following him on Instagram. I don't care how y'all feel. Y'all head trips don't work for me. Anyways, before we wrap up today, we're going to get into some college basketball. Let's get into the new top 25. Of course, we have a new one of these every week. Teams move up, teams move down. We are all making our way to the conference tournaments for the, for the uh, yes, the conference tournaments and also the big NCAA tournament itself. So let's get into it. At uh, number 25, we have Houston at 17 and 5. At number 24, we have Colorado at 17 and 5 as well. At number 23, out of the Pac-12, we have Arizona, who is 15 and 6. At number 22, we have Penn State making another appearance in the rankings. They are 16 and 5. They have won four games in a row. Currently, they have a defensive rating that is 44th in the nation at 91.8, and they also average about 76.8 uh, points a game. 70, actually, 76.9 points for so just about average and on par with just about everybody else really uh, in the top 25 their range is about 74 a lot of about 74 to 77 points that's that's as that's as much as their a lot of these teams are averaging uh they are led by senior forward lamar stevens who averages about 16.5 points a game seven rebounds and two assists on a 45 percent shooting percentage uh they do have a big game this week versus michigan state uh who i who is number 16 so in that game, I believe is this weekend. Uh, however, I believe they have a quick game uh, sometime earlier this week. I'm not too sure about that, but definitely look out for that big matchup between number 16 Michigan. They actually got to go on the road for that one. Uh, at number 21, we have Creighton, and for those of you who do not know, Creighton is located. Was it Omaha? Yes, Omaha, Nebraska. I had to look it up myself. It is a private. 
think it's a Jesuit university. But again, I just wanted to throw that out there because, again, I ain't never really heard of the, of the place except for college basketball. So I figured, why not throw some fun facts out there? The last game was a W for them, 76-61 at uh, Villanova on Saturday. And Villanova, of course, is currently number 10. Uh, they are currently averaging uh, 77.9 point, 77 points per game. Uh, and they are shooting at a, as a team. Uh, they're shooting as a team at 47.9%, which is good enough for 24th in the nation. Uh, they have a defensive rating of 109.4, uh, which is about, uh, I think, I think, uh, 20th in the nation, something like that, but they're holding their opponents to a 45.7%, um, uh, 45.7% shooting percentage and from the three-point line uh, this team is 11th in the nation with a shooting percentage of 38.7 so they can shoot pretty well and they pref uh, they defend pretty well as well defend pretty well so let's move on to number 20 uh, number 20 we have Illinois who is uh, 16 and 6 and number 19 we have Butler at 17 and 5 at number 18 we have LSU coming out of the SEC at 17 and 4 uh, at number 7 sorry at number 18 that was LSU at number 7 17, we have Iowa at 16 and 6. At number 16, we have Michigan State at 16 and 6 as well. Another Big Ten, Big Ten team here. At number 15, we have another SEC squad, Kentucky at 16 and 5. At number 14, we have Oregon. They are currently 18 and 5. The last game was a loss on the road at Stanford, 60 to 70. I was very disappointed in that one. They were outscored 42 to 24 in the second half, and they only shot 32.8% as a team the entire game i don't i did not like that one that was a stinker uh but this this team is a little bit up and down we'll see what they have uh they can be they can be a bit streaky but they are led by senior guard peyton pritchard who is on the top of just about everybody's draft board if i'm not mistaken he's averaging 19.6 points a game 4.3 rebounds and 5.8 assists moving on to number 13 we have west virginia at 17-4 at number 12 we have seton hall at 16-5 at number 11 we have Auburn, who's 11 and 2, uh, they have they have risen about six spots. They are currently second in the SEC. Uh, I believe that is behind LSU. They have a six and two conference record, and they have a big game this uh, this Saturday versus number number 18 LSU. But they have another possible trap game earlier this week. I believe it's going to be Wednesday at Arkansas. So look out for those two games for this team right here. Uh, Auburn, they are on notice, especially since they've already dropped a team uh, drop dropped the game to an unranked team earlier this year as well. Uh, at number 10, we have Villanova at 17-4. and four. At number 9, we have Maryland, who jumped up about six spots as well to number 9. Uh, they are 17-4. At number 8, we have Florida State, who dropped a few spots themselves. I believe three at the most. Three, yes, it was three spots. 18-3 is their current record. At number 7, we have Duke at 18-3. At number 6, we have Dayton at 20-2. At number 5, we have Louisville at 19 and 2. At number 4, we have San Diego State, who's still undefeated at 23 and 0. And uh, at the top three, of course, that has not changed at all. Uh, pretty much for the past two, you know, three or four weeks. Uh, Gonzaga, of course, is at number. Uh, sorry, uh, Kansas, of course, at number three at 18 and 3. Gonzaga is number two at 23 and 1. And we have Baylor here at 21. Uh, sorry, yes, 20. Excuse me, 20 wins, just one loss here. Uh, let's move on. Uh, 
to the top 25 scores from last night. Just three games to go over. Uh, first and foremost, we have an ACC matchup between number eight, Florida State, and uh, North Carolina. Florida State was able to get the win in this one, uh, 65-59. Uh, 65-59. Of course, Florida State is now, excuse me, Florida State is now 19-3. Uh, North Carolina is now 10-12. and uh, Let's break down the stats in this one for Florida State. They were led by their two guards, Cole Anthony, who had 16 points, 8 rebounds, and 3 assists. Also, Christian Keeling had 14 points, 2 rebounds coming off the bench. For North Carolina, they were led by guard Trent Forrest and, and uh, forward Patrick Williams. They would both have 14 points each. Uh, Forrest would also have 4 rebounds and 3 assists. Williams would add 9 rebounds and 2 assists. Uh, let's move on. We also got number one Baylor in action uh, versus Kansas State. They get the win in that one, 73-67. And finally, we have another Big 12 matchup uh, between number three uh, Kansas and uh, unranked. Sorry, number three Kansas and unranked Texas. Uh, Kansas gets the win in this one, 69 to 58. They are eight, 19 and three. Uh, let's break down the stats. Oh, and Texas is 14 and eight. Uh, let's break down the stats in this one for Texas. They were led by guard Matt Coleman, who had 20 points and four Jericho uh, Jericho Sims. He had 17 points and nine rebounds for Kansas. They were led by center Yudoka Azubuki. He would have 17 points and 12 rebounds coming off the bench. He is normally a starter. Uh, and two guards, Devin Dotson, will put in work as well. Dotson will have 16 points and two assists. And Marcus Garnett, uh, Garrett, excuse me, Marcus Garrett would have 11 points and five rebounds. All right, y'all, I'm going to call the wrap for today. Uh, later on this week, uh, I probably have another review or so in me, but I'm going to let it be a surprise. I think I had a theme for a week that I wanted. You know what? I'm just going to do it. It's going to be Will Ferrell week. Uh, starting tomorrow all the way until so it has to be a week so tomorrow all the way until next wednesday because tomorrow's gonna be wednesday yeah uh, all the way to next wednesday i'm gonna be reviewing will Ferrell movies why not i'm gonna start off with night at the roxbury and i'm gonna just i'm gonna choose certain my favorite one we're gonna go over and we're gonna talk about will Ferrell. i just been thinking about dude's work i was watching some of his movies lately and I like his movies. Yeah, they're funny as hell. I was watching Step Brothers a couple weeks ago. And I'm like, man, this dude is amazing. Uh, he's hella talented. So we're going to have to talk about some of his movies. Uh, definitely. Yeah, I'm, if I'm being real here, he's definitely funnier than Adam Sandler in my opinion. Just going to be honest. He ain't funnier than Jim Carrey because I got, he's like my, on my, on my totem pole of funny actors that's different from the comedians. I got uh, Martin Lawrence, Jim Carrey. And then um, Will Ferrell right there at number three. My, my comedians, I'll give y'all at list later. But I'm going to talk about one of my favorite physical comedy actors. Why not? It's been long overdue. I don't think I've really gotten into a, a movie by him. And I might have talked about I might have talked about Step Brothers. But we're going we're gonna to get into it. I've had so many episodes here. But we're going to get into it definitely some Will Ferrell, uh, but for now, I'm going to call the wrap for today, if you are looking to get in touch with me, you can hit me up on my email uh, at ljbutler75 at gmail.com, that is eljbutler75 at gmail.com, once again, that is ljbutler75 at gmail.com, eljbutler75 at gmail.com, you can also hit me up on Facebook and Instagram at eljmahjani, E-L-J-A-M-A-H-A-D-J-A. 
A N I. Once again, that is E L J A M A H J A M J A M A H A D J A N I. Also, I also have a Facebook page for the show as well at Never Out of Bounds. We got links there. We got some more content there uh, that I've shared. So let me know what's going on with you. Let me know how you're digging the show, and let me know if you have any any suggestions or any anything let me know what's up all right y'all uh as as per the usual if anybody hasn't told you yet i love you so peace out one love and i'll holla at y'all soon